0: Here they come!
1: And welcome to episode seventy-three of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Ian Marchant to discuss the toe cutter's death in Mad Max.
0: You, you can run, but you can't hide.
1: Guess what, Ian? What's that, Eric? You and me are going to talk about the toe cutter.
0: Ah, my favourite.
1: I know, I know that you're a massive Mad Max fan.
0: I Um, am. Um, the the first Mad Max. I love Mad Max too, but Mad Max the original. Um, was yeah, it had such a a big impact on my life, which I'm sure we'll get into.
1: Mm. When did you first see it? Then did you see it in the cinema?
0: I didn't, no. Um My brother went to see it at cinema My uh, eldest brother Dave um, He went to see it at cinema And he came back and was You know, all over it How great it was And then when VHS first came out uh, One of the first set of tapes We borrowed and pirated Was uh, Mad Max and Mad Max 2 mm-hmm. That both fitted on a nice three hour tape So it was good <laughs> And then I watched, I literally watched that tape Until there was no picture left It was just, it was worn away I, I used to watch it probably once a week. It was it really sort of got into me.
1: They both films, I mean, you can watch. You could be like flicking through the channels on TV and you come across a bit, uh, it, it's playing, and you can just watch it at any point. And yeah. you're absolutely right. You can watch it on a loop and not get bored. A part of it is, is, is just the pacing of it. But, I, yeah, I'm like yourself. I just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with the world.
0: Of yeah, Max I, I I loved it. I don't know, I don't know whether you had the same thing, but it was also because the two films were quite short. They like eighty nine and I think ninety minutes each. When I worked at the cinema, that was a regular double bill as well. Was always Mad Max One, Mad Max Two.
1: Yeah, when I started at the cinema, that which was at the end of eighty one. You know, there was a whole slew of films that came out in my first year where I I, I was being paid to watch them and just watch them over and over again and think, this is the (laughs) best job in the world. You know, I don't mind the unsociable hours. I don't mind working the bank holidays and the weekends, not if I'm being paid to watch this. and. Yeah, Mad Max 2 was the um, first one I saw. That came out in the first year that I was a projectionist. I hadn't seen the first one. The guy that I worked with, he had seen it. He had shown it, I think, the year before, and he said, oh, oh you've got to watch this other one. And, yeah, shortly afterwards, a year or so after that, about 82, we had a double bill. Did you ever see the poster for it?
0: Yes, yeah. The, we used to have the quad, and it's uh, uh, really nice. Well, back when they used to do, actually do posters for double bills, you know, we, we, we we've so painted archaic, artwork you know, as well. It? Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. The, the the. I mean, I always liked, even though it it's more goose on the front than Mad Max. I always liked the Mad Max artwork. Um, but the the Mad Max Two artwork was just there. that was glorious? That was lovely.
1: That was up there with the Star yeah. Wars posters, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially that um the orange one where you've got. The tanker in the middle, and you've got the arm of Max on one side and Wes on the other yep. side. Yeah, that, that was lovely. But no, I loved that poster. I loved the fact that you had, um, yeah, yeah, uh, artwork, um, in the middle with photos either side, and also the LP, the LP for Mad Max one. Yeah, I still, is, it,
0: it's still got the LP for so yeah, yeah. it, oh, it's It's one of the enough.
1: few L- soundtrack LPs that I've still got from back in the day, definitely.
0: Yeah, I do, I, I do listen. I find the, um, the the Mad Max soundtrack is it is, is more listenable to than the Mad Max two one. The Mad Max two one is really good and fits the film, but it's but it's quite repetitive to drive that energy with. I think yeah. Mad Max one. Brian May. I mean Brian May's music is just such a big part. I think of the appeal as well. Um, the sat The sound, I mean the whole. Everything about these films is glorious. I love mm. them.
1: Yes, indeed, indeed, and. Are you like me that this first one is your favourite?
0: Yes. Um I I admire I admire number two for its I mean it's it's almost a perfect film. It's it's realistic in what it portrays, but Mad Max One, I I like this world. I like the fact that everyone goes Mad Max post apocalyptic. And this one isn't, it's not post apocalyptic. Um, or the Australians get the most uh, polite and orderly apocalypse ever, <laughs> um, let, where they're still running cafes. and, and...
1: Let, Let's talk about this, shall we? I mean, yeah, it's clearly stated at the beginning of Road Warrior Mad Max 2 that there has been a nuclear war, you know, um, and that's quite quite clearly stated. In this one, it just says a few years from now, doesn't yeah. it?
0: Well, I, that... I, I, I disagree there slightly. It states in Mad Max 2 that there is a war, but hmm. it doesn't say it's nuclear it's only in mad max 3 true. where they call it the the pocket clips yes and true. the mushroom cloud in mad max 2 you it could be a uh, a standard non-nuclear war and then the fuel runs out mm. which so I, I find that much more interesting than i mean everything that copied there wasn't many that copied mad max i don't think but loads of films copied mad max 2 mm. um but then got it all wrong mm. but i find the idea that that Mad Max. It's set definitely before whatever the apocalypse is, the apocalypse, whatever that is. It uh, it's set before that, and it's society's just hanging in there. Yeah. And I find that a much more interesting idea than than post-apocalypse, where you know it, is, it 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 it's almost become cliched.
1: What I like is the idea, the notion. That, uh, again, you're given very little other than yeah. a few years from now, but something is going on in the world and society is crumbling isn't it you know law and order is breaking yeah. down the gangs are taking over the highways etc cetera, etc cetera. um and uh, i like that i like the the notion that yeah. um law and order is is just gone
0: well it 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 gives you a, a huge amount but just not verbally You've got to pay attention to the little details like the even the road names the road signs the background i mean the background chatter of the the radio listen to that 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 you know i mean that that's so detailed in giving you backstory and everything works to to make this a believable uh society that's that is just hanging on by its fingertips
1: yeah and i love it I, I i love the look of it i love the design yeah. of this film i love the feel of it i love the speed of it i love the stunts well, i, I imagine, love the photography
0: yeah, yeah i did did you because i certainly did did you go out and buy a leather biker jacket i did yeah and i looked did a complete you idiot car dro- to look I, like did. An interceptor? I did
1: uh right oh. you and i uh share a bond um um ian we've got a Fess up here, haven't we? Yes, we were such fans that uh, you went a different. You you went far more involved than I did. Do you want to tell folk about what you did with your car? Well,
0: I I love. Ev- everyone goes the Mad Max car. It's the, the the black Ford Falcon. I prefer the yellow, red, and blue ford falcons at the beginning of the film the police cars so i desperately wanted one of these and obviously getting a ford falcon in this country can't do it unless you got a lot of money i was teenager i had no money so i bought what was the uk equivalent of the ford falcon uh which at the time was the uh hillman avenger and the the body (laughs) shape very similar obviously it's not a v8 I mean, it went at the speed of a, a bread van that's broken down. But so I thought, get this. I, I did lots of work on it. It was, I think it was about my third car. So I wasn't very car orientated. So I was learning a lot of stuff. I put new wings on it, sprayed it up by hand to be the, uh, uh, Max's interceptor. Couldn't afford a proper bonnet scoop. So I actually used a singer sewing machine lid <laughs> cut in half and fiberglass. Sorry. Um, made a light bar, made a light bar. It, it was, I, I think i've only got one photo of it and I, I i think i've probably sent it to you already but if not i'll try and drag it out and send i was you gonna a copy say you've still got to page. have
1: that i can't remember yeah. where, where you did send it to me years and years yeah. and years ago but um you've got to find that and put it on the facebook yeah. page please please and please. it
0: was yeah it was just joyous to drive around him because if anyone got it most people didn't get it and they probably thought i was working for like uh maggie for uh, massey ferguson planks at mfp on the side um but anyone that got it it was like you had a bond with them yeah you know it was it was it was it was a glorious time to be uh, I and,
1: and did if, you uh, while you were driving it did you have your black leather jacket on
0: yes yeah i i went out and bought a black leather jacket um i didn't at that point go to whole hog to leather trousers uh but i had proper driving gloves you know those ones with the ribs on that he yeah. max wears and the old aviator sunglasses i probably look like a tit to be honest <laughs> when i think back what a wasted teenage years I
1: you had. weren't the only tit i mean yeah. it, it, it it's very strange you know i you and i didn't meet until i don't know n- nearly the late 90s but yeah, here we are good. we're talking about the mid 80s and like you even though i'm you know we didn't meet for like 15 years I was doing identically the same thing in a completely different part of the country. I was a teenager. I wanted my own Mad Max car. I didn't go the Hillman Avenger route. I already had a Capri. Okay. Which,
0: yeah, that's almost a, that's almost the black hole almost coming. there. Yeah,
1: in England we're almost there, aren't we? And yeah. that was my like you that that was my second car. Okay, and it was a brown Capri with a brown interior, and I can remember every week going to the scrapyards and just taking bits of black black interior out <laughs> of the Capris, them. and then yeah, my brother-in-law, um he his job was uh spraying aircraft at the local airfield, oh, really? and and he had this like this like satin black paint, and he he resprayed it for me and back then yeah I was a teenager it was the mid 80s lived at home with my mum didn't have a girlfriend so i just plowed all my money into it and yeah it's shocking how much i spent
0: yeah do you think the fact that neither of us had girlfriends was anything to do with that is quite a fact around in these cars
1: (laughs) both before and after yes yeah oh boy oh boy i I have got photos of mine still and i'll definitely put it up on facebook and yes it's
0: weird going back that time we weren't taking photos of everything
1: no, we weren't. I've got,
0: I've got almost nothing from that period in my life. Photos. I got a photo of my. I mean, actually, if you ever do RoboCop, we can discuss my OCP Turbo Cruiser, <laughs> which is a bit more successful. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have many photos of the mad cars I used to have.
1: I've got one photo of of the leather jacket. I can remember that black leather jacket. I still got the leather jacket. jacket. Have you? Yeah, uh, it still fits you. me. Mine's mine's long gone. I, I can oh. remember I bought it from my mum's catalogue. I think it was yeah. a Marshall Ward catalogue. And, yeah, I, I've i got one photo of me wearing it, which I'll put up. But, oh, boy. Yeah, I used to drive around in that. And this is something I keep mentioning um, on this show is one of the uh, advantages of being a projectionist, this is before video, um, was I had worked out a way... Back then, we had a cassette player for playing the non-sync, the, the music between yeah. shows. Um, and I'd worked out, it up in the projection box, we had a monitor speaker where we could turn the sound up, we could listen to the sound and just check it. I'd worked out a way of connecting um, with a headphone plug into the headphone socket of this monitor speaker, into the input of the cassette deck, and I recorded the soundtracks to all the films. Wow. So I had them on C90 cassettes okay and i Te- recorded technically them
0: all illegal possibly, Te- absolutely
1: yeah. absolutely yeah um and yeah all i had alien you know yeah. i had the star wars films you know i had blade runner and i had mad max one and i had mad max two and i would just drive around in my black car in the middle <laughs> of summer just sweltering because everything was yeah. black inside it was black on the outside i had the black tinted you know the 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 self-adhesive, you know, sheets of tinting stuff. I yeah. put that all on the windows. I had a black rear screen louvre and all of this <laughs> business. Driving around, listening to Mad Max 2 in my black leather jacket, I would have looked the right Wally. And I think I've said about it before on this show, the day I decided to give it up was I stopped at some traffic lights and some boys were at the traffic lights and they looked at me and they went, oh, it's Knight Rider. <laughs>
0: Which oh, is dude, not... Yeah. <laughs> Give
1: up at that point. That wasn't the look I was looking for, so that's when I gave a perm, it up. You did perm then, did you? <laughs> I had much more hair, and oh, I, well, I guess I it was guess in I an 80s style. I you like the
0: half, you
1: know. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So that's when I gave it up. But, yeah, you and I, we were... Yeah, we were geeky fans, were we not? We were,
0: yeah. It was... Uh, it was they were good days, though. There were good times. I don't think you could do that now. I mean, it, I, I love the fact that... Um, we have the internet we wouldn't be doing this otherwise and but everything's at some at your fingertips and back then just finding a photo like mm. there was a, a there was a poster magazine called stars of the car oh cars are the stars and that was the only photo i had of the interceptor um other than i think there was a little photo of it on the back of the vhs large warner box and that's pretty much what i went off of so it was probably horribly inaccurate but it was yeah they were good times they
1: were incredibly good times, and I look back on them, you know, partly with horror, but mainly with fondness. Yeah. Um, yeah. You say about the internet and the lack of photos. Something, even though I consider myself a big fan of the Mad Max films, something I, I hadn't really spotted until I saw it on the internet is the the cars that you're talking about, the police cars, um, yeah. the MFP cars at the beginning of this film. I hadn't spotted that they all have different colour schemes.
0: Yeah, they're all they're all completely different. I mean they're di- yeah. they're different they're different models of F- Ford Falcon they've different years, um but yeah they've all got completely so my my version were I mean the uh, Roots version had um you know Root and Charlie they had the version with the stripe down the centre which I loved but I wanted to do the Interceptor not the Pursuit Special right. so I did Max's version when that didn't have the stripe and I always I love that stripe down the middle of the car I think it's just mm. it's stunning, um but yeah they were, there's no continuity um, between them <laughs> which no. is I mean that's sort of how it would be
1: have you got the Mad Max anthology uh, Blu-ray uh,
0: yes the, the 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 most recent one they've done
1: yeah yeah the one yeah. that comes with the bonus disc called the Madness yes. of Max yes w- what a brilliant documentary that it's is really,
0: really good yeah really good there's some stunning I mean there's a, a, a brilliant um, Mad Max website as well but it's just, it goes into the vehicles in, I mean, if I'd have had that when I was doing mine, but it goes into the, the vehicle, the details of the vehicle, even to the point of finding out what they did before the film and what their history was and things like that. Mm. And uh, it's fast. If you have interest in it, it it's fascinating. If you're not interested in it, you are probably not listening to this mm. podcast. Are you really? But yeah, it's, I love, and again, I love, uh, the detail that was put into this world. Um, there's so many, every time you watch it, even watching it like yesterday to, to, as research in air quotes for this, you notice new things. Every time you watch it, you notice little new things in it. Mm-hmm. And especially on the, the latest Blu-ray, the, the, the quality is great. Um, mm. It's just, it's stunning. But uh, yeah, it's, there's so much little detail in every scene.
1: And it's incredible to think that there is that detail there because it is low, low budget filmmaking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean it's you almost
0: know? almost zero budget, isn't it? I think at one point it was the most profitable. I think before Blair Witch, it was the most profitable film ever, wasn't it? Because it cost I sent something yeah. like some yeah, mad amount of like four hundred thousand yeah. um, dollars, which would have you know in Australian dollars that would have been four times that amount. Um, but uh, compared to what it took like a hundred million worldwide or something at the time. So, but it's not, I mean, it, 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 it's sort of an exploitation film, but it's not, it's a, it's a properly crafted film. Considering this is um, like the first film they did. It's, it's amazing. The, the level of detail, the eye, I mean, there, there's, it's absolutely chock full of continuity errors, but they're a pleasure in themselves spotting them, mm, Yeah, you know, but, the, the tricks they did to to make this look like a big budget film when they have and no pull budget. it off and pull it off successfully yeah. i mean well done to them it's just
1: it's the it's I, the audacity of, of it isn't yeah, it yeah
0: i wish a lot of you know uh hundred million dollar films that they produce today <laughs> would put half as much effort in
1: yeah anybody listening to that this that is a mad max fan and hasn't seen this madness of max documentary go and watch it do go and watch it it's actually longer than the first mad max film um and it's all about the making of the first mad max film and when you see you know how little money they had how they you know i had to pay an awful lot of people in beer (laughs) rather than money That's
0: that's so australian now isn't it it is so Australian
1: yeah. as well that they, they didn't even bother to think about getting permission to do things. So yeah. the very first thing they ever shot of this film, it was back in October 77, was when Johnny the boy, he stops on that flyover to break open the phone box and, and warn the toe cutter. Um, they had no permission to film there. They turned up <laughs> on a Monday morning, nine o'clock on a Monday morning, and just put bollards out to slow the traffic down and then I had a man in the middle of the road just put his hand up and they did that quick before the authorities found out and came along and then quick let's get on to the next bit of shooting
0: it's proper guerrilla filmmaking isn't it
1: that's exactly what I've got typed down here I've got almost guerrilla filmmaking in my notes
0: yeah but it doesn't I mean it doesn't look like that though it looks like it looks like I mean some of the shots you sort of think oh they must have done crane shots and it's not they would just have someone sat on the front of a bloody car you know I, like i was like the wheel shots are just the, the cameraman leaning out of the car pointing the camera down at the wheel. it's just it's it's staggering what they did for the for nothing yeah
1: in in the sequence we're going to talk about shortly uh we'll mention it but also when we were doing the road warrior kelly and i was saying about that very first shot you ever see of max when he's inside his car when you're watching it you become very aware that that car not only is moving at a bloody great speed but there is somebody outside the car yeah <laughs> strapped to the outside of Maxie's door filming him because the camera then turns and looks back to see you know the bikes in pursuit yeah. you know and i, th- I think uh, it's like, i think we should god
0: yeah it's amazing i think we should perhaps to give it its due call it mad max 2 though yes rather yeah. than the americanized road warrior <laughs> yes although it's become known as that but yeah i mean growing up for 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 you probably and for me it was just mad max 2
1: it was mad max 2 but yeah
0: it's uh it's it's a lesson it's like i think there's certain films that are lessons in filmmaking like the the original evil dead uh certainly mad max there's certain films where you it's almost like if you study them, that's, that's better than a course in filmmaking. Cause it, and these people just made it up as they went along. Um, the hat's off to them.
1: Totally. And, and also, you know, when you also see that, you know, that the post-production of the film was done at Brian Kennedy's house um, in, like, the spare bedroom. And, you know, they were editing the film um, on a home-built editing machine that um, Byron Kennedy's dad had designed for them. You know, it was all homemade stuff.
0: And it's not, I mean, the editing in this film is is stunning. Some of the shots in this film, I mean, the the, the shot that always stands out to me and it's presumably just, you know, it, it takes a, a decent eye to, to to see this shot to film. It's where uh, the toker has taken Johnny the boy out into the water. Mm. And you've got the sun in the back. And it's just, it looks like a, a million dollars. But
1: It's all sparkling, it's isn't it? It's all yeah. catching the light. The lighting on that, it was perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. The shot, the shot for the film, for me, is, is the uh, car going through the caravan. Yeah. Because that's the, the classic.
0: Ju- that's the clip everyone ever shows if they're talking about Mad Max.
1: And why not? I mean, yeah. uh, Gordon Bennett, that's all real. That's all happening. Yeah. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> well, that, that beginning sequence, you know, the first sort of 10 minutes of the film. I mean, I know they say, you know, hit the ground running. Boy, does this film do that. That first sequence, uh, with where they're chasing down the Night Rider. I, I love it. It's just, I watch it over and over again.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it is the pace. I mean, just, just before you know you get the kid run out in the road yeah. it's the way the cars come round that corner like that and yeah. and yeah the camera is is almost on the ground as <laughs> pointing up as these cars come round the corner and then you've got the whole George the famous George Miller's bongo van the blue van yeah. that gets hit uh that yeah. everybody reckons that, that, that they trashed it they didn't did they that, that they used his yeah. van but then they got this other one and they stripped the engine out didn't they and, yeah, and it, was a shell they it was basically empty it was a shell but it was clients, top heavy because clients. they wanted yeah. it to be a painter's van didn't they so they yeah. filled all these drums up they weren't allowed to use paint because they couldn't afford to clean it up afterwards yeah. so that was all milk wasn't it yeah um, they didn't yeah. have the budget
0: to actually uh, to clean up any of this stuff afterwards did they
1: <laughs> well it, it, isn't it a case as well the, um, the little cafe Towards the end, where Jesse goes, yeah. all the signs that were outside, they couldn't yeah, afford they, to buy any, stole, so they pinched yeah. them. Well, they yeah. didn't. They borrowed well, them. They, they <laughs> took them back. Yeah. They took them away, and then they took them back. Yeah, yeah.
0: They did. I they love it. it. To set decorate. I love it. And I yet, love it. For them to, to do that with such a little thing I, and to get such a coherent, consistent world, it's. Yeah, it's. It's it is,
1: staggering, isn't it?
0: It's staggering. Yeah, it's. I mean, the fact that. I mean, all these characters, and and a lot of the obviously a lot of the biker gang were were a local biker gang, um, mm. but uh, these characters. I mean, you know, they're they're just. What the more you watch it, the more you get out of this film.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. Normally, around about this point in the show, we go into a clip, but because this. I think this is going to be the shortest clip we ever discuss because at tops it's what five seconds, maybe not even yeah. that. It's, and it's probably
0: if, not a lot of sound on it. Yeah,
1: not a lot of sound. You're going to have five seconds of a bang basically. In fact,
0: yeah, I can do the clip now. <laughs> bang. There you, <laughs> there you go.
1: go. <laughs> Job done. Um, what I thought we would do for an audio clip. I mean, you were saying just then that you know to us. Um, it wasn't The Road Warrior, it was Mad Max 2. That's how we knew it. And also, until 2002, when the uh, DVD came out, all we had was the American dub version.
0: We didn't actually hear the Australian. Yeah, the first time I ever heard the Australian one was on... um, Do you remember... um, bsb before skyboy when it was oh blimey uh,
1: i haven't thought about
0: that and uh, they showed it on their film channel and again as you were saying earlier you see it's on and even though you've got it you go i'll watch that so sam so watched it and watching it and it starts off and i thought oh something's different here and then you realize this is the fabled original Aussie dub mm. and i know i know you to you mad max is the the american one but I do think that the Aussie dub is vastly superior.
1: In what way?
0: In the way that I love—I mean, I like the Aussie accent anyway. I love the slang they use in it. I think it just pre- and almost all of the slang is understandably cut out for the American one. <laughs> and I, I, but I just, I just love it. I will occasionally watch the American dub just for old time's sake, like you say, to hear Toka as a voice, etc. But I do love it. And I love um, uh, the actor, uh, Hugh Keith Byrne, that plays Toka. I love the fact that he was doing a different accent every day on the set. <laughs> and it, it, I love I love his version of Toka with the Aussie accent. I know you're not a great fan, but you still love the film. Well, I think that's, that's, yeah. that's that shows how good a film this is, that it can survive two different dubs of it
1: the problem i think the problem i've got with it if i had just you know watched it at the cinema and then got it on video maybe it wouldn't have been so jarring but like i say this is one of the things that i would listen to over and over again in my car when i was in my room you know making my model kits i would play it over and over again the american dub version so to you
0: this the aussie version is not the real
1: no, because Very I listened cool. to it. I, I, I've i listened to Mad Max 2 far more than I've watched Mad Max 2 yeah. to the degree that I was word perfect on it. Every every line the of dialogue, every sound effect. Yeah, that that, that that strange crow-sheep-barring noise that yeah. you hear um, throughout the film. Yeah, and it was a big shock. A big shock when it came out with the original voice. And um, so, number one... There's that. I'm used to the American one, but yeah. also the American, the, the Australian accents. I don't know that, that, that. There's something in the American dub. The American dub, it, dub it has got something that the original hasn't. Yes.
0: I think the American dub gives it a polish, and I do think that some of some of the the, the people in this film are not actors, and occasionally it shows. I don't think it's a detriment because it it brings a realism. But I do I, I there's something about the, I mean like the, it, even the the lines that get changed. So like when uh, Charlie is injured in the Aussie dub, it's uh, you better send a meat truck. Charlie's has a saucepan in the throat, and it's but even little things. I I just I find it. I I always prefer the original dub as or something. I'm a I'm a huge Godzilla fan as well, and if you can ever watch the Godzilla films in Japanese. It improves them so much, mm. and I think this is the case as well. But I do, I, I do understand your nostalgia, and I, yeah. I have that as well for the, the original dub. Like, so I will occasionally watch it, but I'll normally get about halfway through and go, "Oh, I can switch it to the Aussie dub."
1: See, I don't. I, I yeah. I've listened to the, to, yeah. to, to, to the Australian once, and I'll stick with the American every time. I'll tell you what I think it is. I think what it is is when they went to do the American dub, they looked at what they got, and they thought oh, this is a comic book, because the the, the the voices, the American dubs have more of a menace to them. You know, they're all low and they're growling. Where the Australian voices are quite lightweight in comparison because it's the it's yeah. the actors with their regular voices. If they were on, I can't remember what it is, but they had uh, a, an awful lot of the uh, actors in the first Mad Max were in like a general hospital type show and, and they would appear yeah. on this TV show. And I think those actors are using their... Their actual voices, whereas the American dubs, they're putting it on. You know, they're, yeah, they're over exaggerating yeah.
0: it. You know, yeah. I mean, and,
1: but, but I like it. I, I think it's in. It, it's more fitting, I think, for me.
0: Yeah, it, it, I suppose that's it. Is yeah, I, it definitely. The 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 American dub gives you voices that are more as you would expect them to be. But I think for me, half the appeal of the Aussie dub is that, like, they don't sound like. Toka he doesn't sound he's not menacing at all but he you get the feeling he's dangerous and bubba zanetti i like his australian voice more than the american one um the only even though he was probably one of the most experienced actors on it steve bisley as goose i think he some of the lines he gives is his american dub is better hmm. which is weird because like i say he at the time he was the most experienced actor yeah pretty much on the set other than um the toker but some of his lines especially the the bit where um they find uh johnny the boy after the car wreck and he's he's talking about the night rider and uh, max calls goose over and says listen to this and then he says well 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 and in the aussie dub it's it's like You've said that so many times that no longer has <laughs> meaning for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is a like, very
1: good yeah. example. That is a very good example. Um, speaking of examples, to just show folk or show folk on on an audio show, so folk can hear what we're talking about. I thought it'd be an idea to um, play a few clips. Okay, yeah, I
0: think it's probably a good idea because yeah. they are. It is a complete. It's a completely different script almost.
1: Well, the first clip I'm going to play, in each case, you've got the original Australian and then the American dub. The first clip we're going to play is uh, on the old big bopper at the beginning. And it's interesting because not only are the voices different, but as you say, the the script changes. Now, um, in the original, uh, they say that how the Knight Rider has wasted a probie, a, a probationer. Um, but that's changed in the dub to wasted a rookie so that's yeah. a good example there so let 's go in ahead the,
0: in the American version did they use the term uh, scoot jockey
1: yes they did they do yeah they do use scoot jockey yeah well let let 's have the folk have a listen and so they know what we 're talking about so let 's have that clip
0: Jesus. Up. Three minutes off the Reckon, you make it? we'll make yeah. it move yeah. over yeah. no, i 'm yeah. driving yeah. Not this again. I've been a sign. Hey, hang on. I to drive this crate. Hey, Sars, what's a form on this thing? A Twisto Viking scoot jockey.
1: A few hours ago down in Sun City, he goes berserk. Breaks custody, waits a young primary, takes off the pursuit special. We've been on him ever since. This one's right off the air route. I've seen the style before. Terminal psychotic. Ah, oh, Jesus! Watch
0: your of big buff for about three minutes off the intersection. Oh. Reckon you can make it? We'll make it. Move over. Root! I'm driving! Not this
1: again! I've been assigned! <laughs> Wait a second, you son of a bitch! Next up is Jim Goose in the diner. Um, the American voice. I don't know. It's what you were saying just then about, you know, Jim Goose sounds better American than Australian for me.
0: Yeah, it's the, he's playing. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying he's playing it badly, but he's playing it very much the sort of fits the character that he, nothing's taken seriously, but it more to me, it comes across in the Australian dub that the actor's not taken it seriously, where mm. like where he slides and, and does his leg in and the guy says, what's happening? And, and he says, um, I don't, I don't know, man. I've man, just got it myself." myself. Him yeah. the Again, the American dub is better for that bit than Steve Bisley's own voice. And it's almost, I mean, he's, he's laughing as he says it. And it's almost like, you feel the director should have said okay let's just do that again they probably yeah but that might have been
1: the only time they could do that with the bike they've got got to do it all right well let's have jim goose
0: sort of slow motion he leaves the seat goes through the windscreen head first straight into the tree right and then bounces back through the windscreen now by the time we got to him he was just sitting there trying to scream with his face ripped off he slow
1: motion. He leaves his seat and goes through the windshield. Head first straight into the tree, right? And
0: then bounces back through the windshield.
1: And by the time we got
0: to him, the just sitting there trying to scream with his face ripped
1: off. Next clip is the Toe Cutter. Again, I just find the dub much more interesting. I know Hugh Keysburn was playing around uh, yeah, with the minds of both George Miller and the actors, you know, um, with his different accents and that. So in the American dub, you've got a consistency. You've just yeah, got this uh, this low you're, growl.
0: You're absolutely right. It's con- the voice is consistent, but to me that's less interesting. I I, I do like the fact that the Toker is so almost schizophrenic in in the way he's speaking. And I didn't the first time I heard the Aussie dub for him. I agree with you that it was like oh. But I, I've I've watched it to death since, and I think that yeah, I do. I love his portrayal of the Toe cutter.
1: Maybe that's my problem. I haven't yeah. watched it to death. The Australian oh, yeah, version. Yeah, could be. All right. I, you need I know to what watch it twenty-three tonight,
0: times. Yes.
1: All right. Okay. Right. Let's have that clip of the Toe cutter. The Night
0: Rider. That is his name. The Night Rider. The Night remember him when you look at the night sky the night rider that is his name the night rider the night rider remember him when you look at the night sky
1: finally we've got Bubba zanetti um now the original to me just seems so lightweight in this clip we're just about to play um and nothing compared to the the low growl almost of the american dub
0: yeah he the the american one has a gravitas that the uh, original aussie dub doesn't have um, he's I, quite again, fey think, yeah. in
1: this clip um let's yeah. play the clip now
0: <laughs> that's it. We're here to meet a friend, coming on the train.
1: Nothing coming on the train except a couple of crates and a... <laughs> Coffin? Our friend. Let's see the agent and signed the papers. And where do we find this
0: agent? Wait. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We're here to meet a friend. Coming on the train. Nothing coming on the train except a couple of crates and a coffin. Our friend. You have to see the agent to sign the papers. Where do we find this agent?
1: Wait. He he just seems quite fay. F- f- I mean He's brilliant. Bubba Zanetti looks brilliant, you know, with that with that haircut, with the bleached hair. He looks brilliant, and the way he looks up from underneath his his eyebrows all the time. And I like the growl, almost whisper, you know, that um, he does in the American. And yeah, for me, again, it's just very lightweight, and it's not for me.
0: I think though, um, it gives you a chance that every time you watch it, you could watch it in both the American and the Aussie and thus get an extra watching out of it. Mm. So that could be a positive point. But yeah, it's, um, you are, yeah, I, I, again, I do like the, the, the Bubba Zanetti character and I do like the Aussie version. Um, yeah, Faye is definitely a good word for him. Mm. There's, there's lovely. There's lovely sort of undercurrents to it. And again, it's like, say, every time you watch it, you get some new feeling for it. There's definitely undercurrents in this film of these people are damaged. And, you know, I often like to think that what would happen if uh, Humongous's gang went up against the Toca's gang? Because <laughs> each film you go on, other than three, which we'll, we'll gloss over, but each film as you go on, it's almost like the threat level intensifies. Yeah, which you know, and I, I mean, I'd love to see them try and film uh, Immortan Joe and Toe Cutter facing off. Yeah, Some sort of split screen <laughs> thing going on. Um, but yeah, it's, I, it's almost like once you watch, once you watch the other ones, the Toe Cutter's gang, they're almost inconsequential annoyances yes isn't yes. it but but yeah. for this film they they are because society That's... hasn't collapsed you know you, you you think after the collapse toka's gang it wouldn't last 5 minutes no
1: but this is almost but, still the real world isn't it if, yeah, if this exactly. gang appeared this now in a town now that town's got trouble
0: yeah i mean I, and again for for british people it's quite weird isn't it because um i was at this this is the the my level of star lifestyle now. Last week I went to BQ, Q, uh, which for (laughs) any um, non-UK people, it's a a, a do-it-yourself-stroke garden centre where you go and buy drills and things like that. I don't know what the American equivalent would be. Um, And in the car park was a local biker gang meeting and British biker gangs and this is no disrespect to British biker gangs, but British biker gangs have trouble looking hard because (laughs) They're generally men about my age, generally with shaved hair or very close cropped hair, and they all have to wear helmets and usually high vis jackets over their leathers. <laughs> and it it's so it's almost yeah it's so wrong. <laughs> but but yeah, the toka's gang is realistic. If they if they drove into a small village or a town it, it would be yeah it would it would be it, that would be apocalyptical for the town um,
1: yeah while we're weird. talking about the gang I, I guess I know the answer but who's your favourite gang member
0: um they're all so good I love Toka but I think my if if you're if you're discounting Toka because he's the leader of the gang I like Bubba Zanetti Snap. Johnny the boy I feel like I i would just want to slap him although yeah. he plays brilliant, he plays it brilliantly but I would want to slap him. Um, the rest, seem, I mean, mud guts and that—they seem so kundalini. They seem so smelly. I'm not sure I'd want to. But I feel that Bubba Zanetti would smell lovely.
1: He—he he is cool, isn't he? Yeah, I, I he always is. have thought he's cool. You know, the, he is so different from all the others. He's just a—he uh, stands off to one side. He, he um, He's impartial to everything. Yeah, he and he will uses only talk...
0: a broom handle Mauser pistol. I mean, come yeah, on. again,
1: you've got you you, you, you can't, can't nick my cool. line. He's got Han Solo's gun, basically, yeah.
0: hasn't he? <laughs> you know? he's, he is so cool. And I you often I often think, how did this gang get together? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so clever. It's so cleverly it done. Is.
1: It, something else I was going to mention, and you you reminded me of it uh, a little while ago, when you said about Mad Max 3, the strange thing to think about is if you consider all these uh, Mad Max films and the timeline, the 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 plane crashing in the desert and everything that you see in Mad Max 3 would have happened before this film we're talking about today. That's a strange thing to think about, isn't it?
0: Well, it would happen just afterwards, wouldn't it? Because in in Mad Max Three, they they talk about that a gang called Turbulence after the apocalyptic. Oh, of
1: course, yes, it's uh, after the,
0: the, the jumps poc-yclips. the plane, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it would have been yeah. Just a, but I often think what like what would what would uh, Humungus's gang be doing at the moment? Like, would mm. Humongous be uh, working in a local gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. Uh, what what do you feel about the? Um, and it, it it's a ge- it was a genuine idea, but it, it it was never taken as far as as a lot of people think that humongous was going to be Jim Goose.
1: Don't like it. Don't like uh, it at all. It wouldn't. It, it wouldn't work. <laughs> It's that horrible Star Wars thing where everybody knows everybody in the galaxy. No, no. I I don't think that's true. People have said that was the original idea, but no, I can't believe it. I can't believe George I, I, Miller would have done something as obvious as that.
0: I think it was it was the original idea insofar as presumably when they were thinking, wait, let's do a sequel. What stories can we do? Well, we could have Jim Goose Combo, And I think that's probably as far as it went. Right. Um, I do like the fact that they were flogging off Max's uh, black interceptor when the film hit success, and they quickly had to they had take to it, off it of, back. <laughs> yeah, because they, it was like, oh, oh, god, we might need that, which I think is just hilarious. Um, but yeah, I oft- I I used to think, and and I, I dare say there is Mad Max fan fiction with a lot of rooms written in. Um, <laughs> perhaps there, I don't know. Perhaps there shouldn't be. But I often thought I'd I would have liked to see what like what Max bumped into Roop or Charlie or mm. and you know see what happened to them. Did yeah, this that's an force, idea. What did,
1: did happen the, to them?
0: Yeah, did the main force patrol carry on after Max left?
1: Yeah, I, what what did happen to Fifi? Because Fifi yeah, was all holding Fifi? it all together.
0: That should be a T-shirt actually. What happened to Fifi?
1: Maybe that's Fifi. the other thing in this film.
0: The names, the names are amazing. Fifi McAfee, Um, you know, Bubba Zanetti. I love it. Kundalini. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, shall we get round to talk about the actual sequence we're going to talk about today? Well, I suppose we better, really. (laughs) We better get there. Well, as I say, this is um, probably the shortest sequence we'll ever do. So, yeah, we've got to balance things up. So, uh, um, um, I think that's... entirely appropriate that we've uh, talked for a while before we finally get into it but let's get into it uh it's the climax of the film um why am i telling you you know this um yeah. max has been hunting the gang down uh, one by one and now there's only the toe cutter left isn't there
0: yeah he's uh, he's picked them off in a badass fashion he's knackered his knee yeah and his hand yeah bless him um, that's actually, that's a little bit as well that I think is, that's the level of detail. So when Max gets shot, uh, spoilers, Max gets shot in the knee um, by Johnny the boy. And then as he drives off after killing Bubba Zanetti, you can hear him crunching gears, which mm. you would do because you can't operate the clutch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. Thought, That's
0: brilliant. What other film would bother doing that?
1: I think it's George Miller's medical background. He was yeah. a doctor. He would know that, wouldn't he? And he would insist yeah. on putting that in.
0: Definitely. And and every bit like that builds towards you believing this story. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, this sequence, just before it happens, you know, Max is is bearing down on the toe cutter and he's right behind him. And on that madness of Max documentary, they say that the gap between the interceptor and the bike was only about four feet. Um and when you watch that sequence, yeah, that, that they are very close together, but it's obvious there's another car alongside them, <laughs> almost yeah. down on the ground filming it. So you've got three vehicles all about four feet away from each other.
0: Yeah, health and safety wasn't really a consideration, was it?
1: They 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 have an interview with the actual bike rider, and he said, well, you know, if anything would have happened would that would have been the end of it you know because yeah. he would have gone straight underneath the wheel so he wasn't that bothered because it would be quick and he really he wouldn't know anything about it
0: god i love is not not you have you have, yeah.
1: now aside from the crow picking on that dead body um yeah. um this is really the only special effect of the entire film um and watching it for today's show the editing on this is incredible because even just by pausing it, play, pause, play, the the cuts are about a, half a second to a second each.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it stands up so well that until... I mean, certainly for a good 10, 15 years of watching this film, until it was pointed out, I never realised one of these was a special effect, which I, I presume you're going to go into, but the, the, the front of the, the truck... You, you I never, never realised that. that, no. And oh, that, I, I don't it. know whether because I'm so. By that point, I mean I can hear the music in my head now. Da It. I'm. I'm so. Sort of drawn into it that. I don't know. I didn't. And then when it's pointed out to you, and you watch it again, and you go, "Oh my god, it's so obvious." Yeah. But yeah, I never I'll, spotted it.
1: I spotted it, but I spotted it because, you know, we used to have this double bill back quite a bit. So I was watching it on a whacking great big cinema screen, and it, it is very apparent on a cinema screen. And as you say, once you've seen something, you can't unsee it, so your eye is drawn to it. In fact, I had to force myself away from that and look at the dummy going underneath the wheels, because yeah. I've just been looking at the the other bit. But, yeah, no, as I say, the, the editing is amazing. I mean... um Max is pursuing Toe Cutter. Over the brow of that hill comes the whacking great big truck. And so basically it goes, the lorry comes over the hill, right? We've got less than a second of uh, of the Toe Cutter looking back behind him. We go back to a long shot of the truck. Then we have the prosthetic bulging eyes starting to yes. pop, don't we? All right?
0: Which we've already seen, haven't we? Because... They show that in, that's used for Knight Rider's death as well, isn't that's it? That's right,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Half a second later, we've got the truck. Half a second later to that, a close up of the bulging eyes, really yeah, bulging. Really bulging. And, <laughs> and then the truck hits. So it, it is less than five seconds, but you've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different pieces of film edited to under yeah. five seconds. It's, okay. it's
0: it's a masterclass in editing.
1: Considering this is their first film and they're doing yeah. it in the producer's spare bedroom on an editing machine that his dad made for him. You yeah. know, this, this is an amazing stuff. It really is. Now, I've got a question for you. I don't know if you've yeah. ever thought about this. I had never thought about it until I started researching for today. Have you ever wondered when this happens, where does Max's car go?
0: Yeah, it... Again, it's it's one of those where you don't you can't think too much about that because yeah it, the truck isn't gonna stop, and the mm-hmm. the space between them stopping and it is yeah there's no it should still be there in shot, shot yeah, but it's, it's not I mean, it's a bit like no, in Mad Max Two where where they do the overhead shot of the 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 skid and the crash and where it is and it's it's much longer than the film shows it mm-hmm. so but yeah it's But I've often thought that they, I mean, they could have, they could have just put in a shot of, I don't think it needed it, but they could have put a shot in of Max pulling off to the side of the road or something or spinning round or.
1: Ian, I have to correct you. It is in the film. Is it? It is. Uh, I'm going to put a link onto, onto the Facebook page of a YouTube clip that shows this, um, in, um, at the proper twenty-four frames a second that film should be shown at, and then slows it down. The Max's car does pass by the uh, by the truck. Wow! It, it passes must be so by fast. on the left. Yeah. It is five frames. Ah oh, well, there we go. It's in it for five frames. So they yeah. slow it right down. You can see a black shadow go past. It so actually gonna, gonna does gonna
0: go past. after this, I'm going to go and watch on the Blu-ray and frame advance see if you can do it, it. You know I'll do? send you, you the link you later as well that, yeah. you don't surprise me that every time you watch this film there's something new to see yep
1: yeah. 24 frames a second okay and this was for 5 frames you do so the math fifth it's not of,
0: much 5th of a minute <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah, um so that's that. So, not only – we're, we're going to talk in a minute about how they did this. Not only did they do this, they also had to time it so the car, the interceptor goes past as it happens yeah. as well. That's the attention to detail. Brilliant. Right, so, behind the scenes then. Right, for the crash, uh the bike was static and on its stand, okay, yeah. and – I don't know if you know any of this. I'm sorry if you already know this, Ian. But uh, the bike had been cut up previously. They had cut it up into pieces and put it all back together again with wire so it would easily uh, disintegrate upon impact, Okay. The dummy of the toe cutter was a shop mannequin. Again, they dismembered it, um, held it together again with wire. Apart from the head, George Miller insisted that the head be glued to the body because he said if that head comes off... It's going to um, show the gag, and everybody yeah. will go, oh, that's just a dummy, if the head comes off, okay? So you've got the bike with a dummy on it, sat in the middle of the road. Over the brow of a hill comes this truck. The truck was supposed to have hit it at 60 miles per hour, but the driver went much faster than he <laughs> should have, okay? Um, the truck driver was paid $50 and a crate of beer, Now, I don't know if he's actually consumed or was consuming a crate of beer, and that's why he went over 60 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, I imagine he probably was. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love the next bit. The bit we've just been alluding to there. He didn't want his rig damaged, you know, and yeah, if you hit a bike at more than 60 miles an hour um the front is going to be damaged so i i haven't been able to find out whether it was metal or whether it was plywood or what but yes they painted the front of the truck didn't they onto a solid surface and bolted that to the front of the truck
0: and like i say it's when you see it it's so obvious that I never You know what start. the
1: worst bit is for me is they've painted the lights to be on, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. It's the fake lights. That's what yeah. does it for yeah. me every time.
0: Yeah, it's so, it it works though, doesn't it? It works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It works the, for me. He he wanted this thing put on the front of the truck because he didn't want his truck to be damaged, but he was going faster than he should have okay. done and um the trailer was empty so when you actually see the truck go over the bike and the mannequin you can see it's bouncing up and down and yeah, apparently I at one point it, it, it damaged the suspension it ripped yeah. the fuel lines apparently yeah. there was diesel spraying everywhere
0: you know? so he, he had 50 quid and some drinks and yeah, some yeah. Well,
1: well yeah he can drink his beer and drown his sorrows can't yeah. he yes yes 50 so that
0: australian dollars probably a lot back then
1: W- would have been yeah yeah so that's the truck with the fake thing on the front um, the toe cutters face well his eyes you see his eyes as you say they also used it for the Night Rider um, earlier in the film this reaction shot I mean it is it's like a it's like a Looney Tunes reaction isn't it you know yeah. the bulging eyes it, it, like that.
0: yeah whenever people mention the end of Mad Max so that's that's the bit that sticks in their mind isn't it so although it, it's when you see it if you see it isolated it looks really stupid, but in that that really laser precision editing, I th- mm. I think it wo- and it obviously works on everyone because that's the thing that you mention to anyone and they, they go, oh, the eyes at the end. It, yeah, yeah, it's a, it, but yeah, you're right if you see it. And I think the prop still exists, doesn't it? I'm sure I've seen shots of the prop <laughs> recently. Or-
1: it it does. It's funny you should mention that. It does still exist. Um, back in. 2010, I, I went and checked back in 2010 on my now defunct, uh, modeling blog. Okay. I put up a photo that I'd found. Okay. Of the bulging he- eyes, head. Um, complete with the toe cutter's helmet. He's still wearing the toe cutter. Yeah. Did you have you noticed, um, the toe cutter's front of his helmet? He's got a little Carly figure. The goddess Carly is on the oh, front. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be putting the photo. I think I can put the photo up now after all this time. No, the the, the reason I mention it is I put it up on my blog eight years ago, and I got promptly told off by com. okay, oh, right. Did they uh, own for doing photo? so. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even find it from then. One of my friends had said, oh, have you seen this, and sent me the photo, and I put it up not even thinking that, you know, he might have taken it from somewhere and, you know, the people uh, would be, um, in touch, and they did, they got in touch with me and they said, I oh, see you've used our photo, it'd be nice if uh, if you could have uh, asked permission, and so I apologised, and they were fine about it, and they said, oh, you might like to know, uh, it still exists and the mechanism inside to make the eyes bulge still works yeah, so as of 8 years ago, that still uh, existed yeah. and it still works. Mad Max now, you know, after Fury Road, you know, the fandom around Mad Max it, uh, has just exploded. So anything that was still around, you know, will be revered and worshipped now, won't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's no longer the cult appreciation it was. It's gone mainstream.
1: Well, see, I think the problem after Mad Max Two was, you know, that 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 was huge, and then it had a massive influence didn't it on other films on pop videos all sorts of things and so it it kind of lost some of its specialness didn't it
0: yeah it was it it started to be and that's why I i i prefer this vision of the mad max world is because the mad max 2 world is now like i say it's almost and it's no fault of the film it's almost become cliched yeah it still does it better than everyone else i mean you watch some of the uh Italian um, copies of it, and they mm. don't quite understand what makes Mad Max yes. too realistic. <laughs> um, but but he, yeah, it's, but, it's it's it it you're right. It's it's gone into pop culture.
1: But also, I mean, you know, the the, the makers of the film they they were guilty of it as well when mad max 3 came round,
0: oh yeah
1: they would they were emulating what had happened in the second one but because they had more money and hollywood behind them yeah. it became over designed and not for one minute did you yeah. believe that any of that was made from just scrap that they had found
0: yeah. you're you're absolutely right in mad max 2 you you can see that everything is been scavenged and made as best they can like you know mm. They've made things out of. I think Mad Max 3, everything looks like it's been made to order. Yes. Um, and then. That looks Fury like a cosplay. Road, yeah.
1: yeah Ma- Ma- Mad Max yeah. 3 is like cosplay Mad yeah. Max 2,
0: isn't it? And then, and then Fury Road, quite rightly, goes off on its own direction. So it's not. Although it copied plot points, things like that, the look of it, it sort of. It went f- further along the line where, you know, they're starting to get. I mean, I love the look of Fury Road, I think so corkin film but mad max 3 it's overproduced yeah it's yeah. it's you know when when you get a like a british like red dwarf something like that and then the americans will buy the idea and they'll make their version of it and they'll throw money at it mm. and it reminds me of that it's it's someone's thrown money at mad max mm. and it's almost the kiss of death for it
1: it like it loses its uniqueness John doesn't it yeah yes yeah yeah all right, well, that's it. That's the sequence over. Um, so, you know what's coming up next. Um, <laughs> this is less than a five-second sequence, but is it possible to rate it out of ten?
0: So, we're. this is a difficult one for me, because if we were rating the film, easy-peasy, lemon squeezy, mm-hmm. but rating right this one sequence, because now, when I watch it, it's so obvious that it you say the... the plate front panel the but i do you know what i I've, I've got to give my younger self the say here and i'll go because i absolutely love it and this is a uh, this is a biased opinion i'm gonna go 10 out of 10 because i just love it really i'm sorry it's gonna throw your curves and it's not a realistic score as far as just judging the special effect but yeah, I feel I feel I would be uh, I would be kicking a puppy if I gave it anything less.
1: You literally took my breath away then.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that is the younger you. That is it the younger is. you.
0: That's, that's that's the me sat at traffic lights in his leather jacket, sweating <laughs> his bollocks off in a Hillman Avenger with a sewing machine lid on the bonnet. And I
1: Blimey, Ian. Blimey, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. I'm. Oof, um well I haven't given it a 10. Um I mean I think it's a masterpiece of film editing considering its you know you, you yeah. know how they went about it. Um that tra- front isn't a masterpiece but the bulging eyes are brilliant. So yeah. I'm giving it an 8. Okay. Eight,
0: which is probably a more realistic score but I I don't want to be real when it comes to my loves. <laughs> but
1: well, it gives it an average of a 9 and, That's good. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. and yeah.
1: I think I th- I can't remember now. We'll have to look on the Facebook page, but is that the highest Mad Max we've given? I th- I think the opening of Road Warrior w- w- is about you know the what? same.
0: Yeah. I th- I think I think it deserves to be the highest Mad Max. I think.
1: Take that baby jacket wrong. off.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Alright. Okay, Ian. That's it. That's the show over. Um Excellent. thanks for this. Um Ever since um, you know, I've been doing the show, it's like, yeah, I've, I've got to get Ian in for Mad Max. So uh, we've finally done it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it feels right. It feels proper. Okay. And the only thing I can say is, uh, I'll meet you on the road, Bronze.
1: <laughs> see you on the road, Skag. <laughs> <laughs> and we know where you live. All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Um, see you next time. And, uh, yeah, bye-bye.
0: Bye.